I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. Oh. <laughs> you know, what? it's important to recognize again and again, we're in person. Again. Once more, we're physically in the same space, enjoying each other's company. I just walked into your house and told your daughter that uh, we should remember those dumb times, those dumb 13 months that we couldn't be in the same house together and uh, enjoy the times where we are now. Yep. Yay. Yep. You'll be happy to know that you'll find me in the same condition that you found me two mornings ago at <laughs> about 7 a.m. when I was in a state of full uh-huh. and incredible delirium. I am pretty yeah. close to almost exactly feeling Same. that way. Same. I just chugged a whole monster. Let's do a real quick what's in your drink. Yeah. Um, I've got a little the Monster Energy Zero Ultra, which is intense poison, but they had no bang. And I am at 5.15 p.m. Eastern Time having... I'm going to call it green caffeinated Mio or what I like to call ecto cooler. Um, <laughs> That's some classy stuff. This is also stuff. poison. It's in a liter mason jar to make it worse. <laughs> mm, yum. Mm, but it's got bubbles in it. You know, soda stream. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. All right. So that's a real quick what's in your drink. I'd also like to kick us off with a welcoming... This is just the most apt situation here. Oh. Um, we are welcoming our most recent Patreon, the dear and beloved... And real quick, before you say that, oh. for any of you new to this podcast who are just listening as like adventure racers who did Two Rivers or and you're coming to listen to Burf Barf for the first time because of you ran the race, you want to hear it or you met us this weekend or whatever, our episodes are all explicit. So oh, yes. I just want to point that out yes. first. Because An excellent point. Because this our, is a good reminder. Because our newest Patreon is Abby, Abby fucking motherfucking Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need I need to yeah. I need to put it out there mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there is no no better way to say it. Uh, Abby's a badass, a hero, oh my God. a woman of air mentor, <sighs> such a, a chill athlete. chill lady who is also like juggling a million things at once, and also who touched my heart very deeply this past weekend during a thirty six hour adventure race. Managed to. Bring me a cupcake with a birthday candle in it in literally the middle of the night. So, wow. And also answered my question about how Lauren and I were going to get to the race start without having two vehicles as uh, some of the other, most of the other teams needed to do um, and we weren't able to accomplish. Um, She answered my question about that by saying, let me check my spreadsheet and I'll get back to you. Nothing gives Annie a bigger lady boner in the entire world than a woman having a spreadsheet and knowing how to use it. (laughs) This whole episode is about Abby (laughs) Perkins. Spoiler alert. I really hope, I hope... I hope you're listening to this episode on a run, Abby, and you're blushing in public and no one knows yeah, why. Or me laughing. Too. Me whichever. too. Me too. Um, really, what a glorious human. So, so welcome. Yeah, we've got we've got so much to get to, so we'll Yeah, we we'll gotta just, we gotta we'll stop get into it. Yeah, we gotta stop dicking around because um, we have thirty five ish packed hours of literal, like very essence of adventure adventure. Yes. Like limit experience adventure. So, team uh, or not team. Birth bar racing. Um, we'll start calling ourselves yeah. Burf Barf Racing. Lauren and I did the Two Rivers 36-hour adventure race this last weekend, just two days ago, essentially. This is this may be 
one of the top contenders for the closest to yeah, it when is. we've recorded to the yeah. to the race. So we'll see how this goes. It's, all, it's not only fresh in our minds, but fresh in our bones and our flesh and <laughs> my, our... My feet and my pits. And my feet and my pits. And I can actually see my toenail about to come off right yeah. now. Mm. Yeah, it's good. So it was held in uh, northern... It central. was hell. Hell. It was hell. And held in <laughs> northern central Pennsylvania in like the Morris, Pennsylvania area near the Endless Mountains, which I think is a dope it's a name. It's pretty epic name for an area. Wild. Yeah. Dope. All, <laughs> all dope. excellent names. Just dope, dope, dope. Um, and I, I, I don't even know where, where, we, know begin? where we begin. Uh, well, let's do a real brief. Oh. We got to stay in a giant farmhouse with a bunch of other adventure racers. And post-COVID, that's actually uh, unusual oh, and yeah. thrilling to like be around people, you know, eat food around them, hang out, talk about... Like, you know, look at some uh, some maps and talk about the early stages of the race together. Also, this is our fourth adventure race. We're still super noobs. So yeah, we're it's still really babies. cool to hang out with experienced racers. And like, I'm just like the morning of the race, I was like looking at people's tights. I was like, what do other people wear on the bottom? Yeah, really fast. Like, I, we're I, just taking notes on the gear that we need to buy for the next year. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. time we look at anybody else, even like them unpacking their like breakfast bag, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I need that. Uh-huh. I got that. I we need, need that. We need to bring our jet boil next time. <laughs> yeah, oh, we for, definitely you know, do. For breakfast and definitely. for coffee during the race, which was an idea that Stephanie Ross and Karen Clark uh, team Flying Squirrel had for to have hot coffee during the event. And we're going to steal it. Steal man, it. did we, we really would have benefited from that. <laughs> Anytime we think we're the most pro, we're, we're just not. We're just a couple steps behind. Yeah, yeah. So we were stoked to be there with four, 43 other teams. Um, I got some good sleep. Annie, not so much. And the day that we checked in was pouring, pouring, yeah. pouring, pouring. It was really kind of soul crushing. And we anticipated that it would be rainy and cold uh, for the whole weekend. Yeah. And luckily. Luckily, it didn't do that. We were exactly right. <laughs> no, it did not. It rained no. almost not at all. Yes. But for the it, whole race. But. We were wet the entire We were race. wet and cold. So let's start cold. at the very beginning, which is uh, we began at a campground for the prologue. Yes. And um, I was a big old baby and will never do this again, mark my words, and refused to split off from Annie. And this is, uh, you know, how, why a prologue works. The, pro, the benefit of a prologue in an adventure race is to, like, shot, shotgun spray out people into the woods. So, so that, that you don't have bottlenecks. You don't have yeah. everybody trying to cram into a single track at the same time like you do oftentimes in an ultra. Or you don't have people all trying to get on their bikes at the same time. The prologue really should just be a thing in every race, yeah. honestly. Yeah, in every in every discipline. I agree. Yeah. So I, I should have sprung off from Annie and trusted my nav skills, but... In the beginning of a race, you're just a little tweaked. So we didn't do that. We stayed together. We got all three CPs pretty quick. Yep. And they were all, those were all mandatory. Um, and uh, yeah, I, we were the last ones. We were the last ones out of the prologue. And we were like, you yeah, know what? That's fine. This is okay. And honestly, I don't, I, it didn't feel that stressful. It I, didn't. We, it didn't. We've been in that position so often of not, and just to be clear, not like kind of the last ones. Like we, the were little, the la we were the last ones yeah. of the prologue. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, that doesn't stress us because we see the wisdom of knowing to start slowly and then pick people off. Unfortunately, that didn't really happen for like a whole day. <laughs> so let's see, it was a 36-hour race. So yeah, like hour 30. <laughs> yeah, it was about when we started seeing people again. So it, it, I would say as fun as, as much fun as we had, it was a little bit of a lonely race because it was so strung out 
Like there were yeah. so many people so far apart that we really didn't see people for a very long time. But we, um, we and it was very much like a, it was very much a run your own race, run your mm-hmm. own pace kind of race because there was no cutoffs. There was just here's the mandatory checkpoints, and even then, you know, you you could miss mandatories, and it would just at you would just be ranked behind other teams that did get all the mandatories. It was essentially you're going to start here. 36 hours from now, you need to be there. And, you know, we can't really emphasize how much we love that. Yeah. That's great because it really opens it up. I know that there were there was one team that for whom it was their very first time ever. I think their team name was um, It's Our First Time, Be Gentle With Us, which was a couple dudes from uh, somewhere near Pittsburgh. And we would like to say, my dudes, big ups to you two for wearing canvas rucksacks for 36 hours and finishing this race because boy oh boy we cannot imagine that special fresh hell that you endured yeah so we began uh, after the prologue getting our three checkpoints with pretty moderate nav and uh stage one we had gotten our maps the night before so we knew what was coming oh we were what was coming for us in uh in quick fashion so stage one was a 12 mile trek with approximately nine miles of it being a creek walk. Oh, let's call it a river walk. What do you mean by a creek walk, Annie? Oh, I mean that the course was in the river. Was walking the river. Yes, someone called it Midwestern Coasteering. (laughs) <laughs> which i think is right on the money hey we uh, have diver- we have diversity and terrain in the midwest as yeah well. sure we do so the the very uh evil genius of uh the race brent. brent one of the race directors <laughs> was that he put 17 seat checkpoints in the water and so if you got up out and because if you if you looked at it it was parallel to a road so it would have been easy to hop up to a road run some miles, try to aim off from, you know, some kind of feature and then pop back down. That was not a possibility for you if you wanted all of those mandatory CPs. So it was a good way to get people to experience rock cold, run, the rock run wet. river in its full fullness. Cold and wet. <laughs> you know, and it was it was very fun and novel until, until it, it wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. But we did some really cool Cool stuff. So it had, because it had rained a lot on Friday, the river was definitely flowing mm. and icy, uh, slippery, uh, <laughs> covered just mossy rocks, and and then also just you would have to there would be impassable spots on the left. So cross deep through to the right. Oh, another impassable spot. Let's cross deep to the left. We were having to. We both got our own sticks, which we named. Uh, hot stick and tall boy. Yep. And then hot stick. No. Yeah. Hot stick two came along eventually because hot stick one died. Yeah. Uh, we developed very close personal relationships. When yes. you, when you hike an entire business day through a river, you get to be really <laughs> close friends. You get really close with your stick. With your stick. Yeah. You're good friends with your stick, which yeah. we could not have done it without it. But we were like making a point of contact in the water someone would stand in the middle of the river and then basically fling one of the other teammates yeah. to the other side and then the other teammate would pull the other person in. We were doing some moderately dangerous maneuvers. Yeah. Did we mention we had to wear bike helmets? Oh, and thank God this was mandatory <laughs> gear because I would say with about three or four miles to go in the river walk, I went ass over teacups and slipped down on my ass and then I sprung my head into the ground, just whip whipped it like a yeah, car crash did. it did crack pretty 
It, wow. You could hear it. You could hear it. So Just I like as a paranoid side safety check. Have you checked your helmets for your helmet? I did. Cracks? I checked my helmet okay. for cracks okay, because cool. I, I know about crashes. I've had a few yes. and I've ruined some $300 helmets, which is like, yeah. okay, you did the job you were supposed to do, yeah, but what but a bummer ouch. to throw you away. Ouch. Yeah. So yeah, I have no, no cracks in the helmet, but I, I went down pretty solidly. So that kind of shook my stability. How but we should we should say so it, the creek walk ended up being a blend of things that like probably and it's you and me we can be super candid i don't think anything knocked my confidence down but like river walks for you are are a tenuous thing there's something i don't they really freak me out yeah so there were a few things that took your confidence down but there were things that took both of our confidence up so like we got to a oh, section true. Good point. that there was a team in front of us that turned back to come at us and they were like yeah it's too deep the water's too deep to continue to go that way. And we were like, yeah, no, we're going to need to see that ourselves. We're going to need to look at that. We're so going to we, have the eyes on that feature. So we got to the <laughs> checkpoint and we were like, we're going to, we're going to keep going. We're going to walk through, yeah. walk and, through that. Yep. So we kept going and pushed through the water. Oh, um, and it, we did give me that moment where I, I don't know if this happens to you reflexively, but my body goes, <gasps> if cold water comes up above my butt crack. Sure. It like, it's like when somebody throws you on the ground and all the wind yeah. comes out of your lungs. That yeah. definitely happened to me. Yeah. Again, uh, for people new to birth barf, we talk about our vaginas too. Oh, yeah. So just, you know. Heads up. And if you're... you have delicate ears, I don't, I don't know I don't, what to tell I don't you. know if this is for you. Vaginas exist. I don't know. If you run ARs or ultras. I can't I'm, imagine being I delicate. I can't imagine you're delicate sure. about anything. This is true. So, yeah. So, my, my vagine went into water a lot. Yeah. And often. Yeah. Just, and we were like, we're not going crotch deep in any of this. It's too cold. And then we saw the CP and we're like, oh, fuck yeah. We're yeah, going we right in it. there. Uh-huh. So, we popped out the other side and had just gotten that CP. And we saw our boys, the Ruckers, ahead of us. And we decided in the spirit of AR, because people are just so quick to give you a leg up, we were like, my dudes, the CP is behind you and it's it's in about, you know, waist deep water. And they were like, oh shit. And they went back and got it. Yeah. Which admittedly, uh, I don't imagine that it was easier to, I don't think they missed any of the fun because I think it would, it would have been harder to get the CP from the front going upriver than going down the river yeah. the way that we did. Yeah. Um, so that did, that gave us a small boost that we were like, yeah, we're yeah. bad as hell. Yeah. Rock hard pussies. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then my and then it got worse. Yeah. And I mean, really, I feel like a good six miles of it were kind of neat. Honestly, hmm. it was the last two miles, which can consider that two miles was like an hour. And a half. An hour and a half, yeah. To the, towards the end. There were just parts where you stop and stand and be like, I don't know which way which to go. Which way we're supposed to go. And like, you know, the water was pretty deep in the middle. Um, but yeah, I and you might disagree with me. In fact, I would go so far as to say you're definitely going to disagree with me. I did think the creek walk was cool. No, I don't disagree with you. Okay. Cool. No, I, I think it's interesting. I think if I had had shoes that I felt more comfortable not falling down in, I felt yeah. pretty... I felt like you did, like a, like a badass who was navigating a course that was technical. And I yeah. feel like that's one of our skills. Absolutely. But no, I didn't hate it. I hated it once I started falling down over and over again. Yeah. Um, I also did have one uh, pretty good fall where the bank was just like this long, <laughs> wet, slidey, wet slide of rock. And I just did this like slow slide like towards the river. I swear the bottoms of my shoe maybe like kissed the deep water where I was just like, and it was so like slow, just like, no. <laughs> and then I just sat there for a minute because I was like, I, I still might go Keep in. Keep going in. Yeah. Uh, I don't. 
I don't know how I'm going to get back up, but I, I got some purchase and came back up, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mine were all very fast falls, just whoop, banana peel falls. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, so, yeah, we got to check mandatory checkpoint eight, uh, and... Uh, oh, then we should have popped up through the road yeah, like all the other adventure yeah, racers so, did, and we did not know to do that. So there are things. Uh, I'm always going to be growing as a navigator, and one of the things is that I found when doing my route choices, I find my brain being like, oh, it's like connect the dots. I see a line that goes between these two dots. I'll Go. Do, I'll do that. Go there. I'll Go do straight. that. Instead of actively <laughs> making decisions right. about where we're going. So I should have taken a hint from like, oh, you need your helmets from M2 to M8. Instead of getting to M8 and then being like, oh, you know what we should do? We should keep staying in the creek. Yeah, so we did, we did some extra river We did walk. stay in the creek so, for two more miles. And then we just popped out into some weird marshy land behind some hillbilly houses. And which we're like, luckily, we're also very practiced at that from the Barkley Fall Classic. Yeah. So we we're like, oh, Surprise, good. you're in a neighborhood. This is a terrain that we know. Yeah, Hillbilly backyard. Yeah, we're good at that. <laughs> But that was exciting for me because I was very ready to be on a bicycle. Yeah. So ready to which be is, on a bicycle. Which is one of the beautiful things about adventure racing is just that, it, like, as soon as you are really, really, really tired done with of something. doing the discipline that you're doing, you, you do get to thing. go to the next thing. And then yeah. you hate the next thing. And then you go to the next thing. I will say, I, I can't forget to bring this up, which is that after the first 12 hours or 10, 10 hours-ish of this race, I had been steady bargaining about how I was going to get out of this. <laughs> oh, I also think Steady. you should mention, Lauren's had, like, food poisoning for, like, five days. Yeah, I, I had a really rough week of not being able to keep food down, napping, like, three hours a day, sleeping 10 hours a night, couldn't eat anything but soup for five days, was just puking, had terrible fevers. I was a mess. I have to tell you, I still have a theory that you have Giardia from the wet M&Ms. I, <laughs> that would be such a bummer. <laughs> I don't think I have Giardia, but I will get tested for it. All right. Cool. Uh, so I was in the middle of, you know, making a comeback at life when I entered this race. But yeah. So you I had an empty tank. I like, had an empty tank. Yeah. I did. And I had not been really moving my body at all. So I was kind of like in a bad position. So I was, I was ready to use all of those cards. Like, well, I've been sick. And also, I was already going to like the, I don't have anything to prove. We just did one of these. Um, there's a whole summer of racing I ahead of us. I love this imagined audience who you're like screaming, Every time. I don't have anything to prove to. Every time. Like, I don't know. I yeah. don't know who it is. I mean, I guess it's you guys. But it always feels like it's an auditorium full of people. It's just you. It's just you. It's just you you're just thinking about the, you. the auditorium. But yeah, so I, I was already thinking like, I feel 24 hour tired at the 10 hour mark. I'm totally screwed, which is actually not, as you know, in endurance racing, not the logic. The logic is, however you feel now, you will feel much different yeah. later, no matter what. You may have heard, it doesn't always get worse. And it's it, true. It's I mean, so true. You, like, cycle through stuff. It's so wild. So we had finished stage one. So the race started at 8 a.m. We finished stage one at, like, 4, 4 p.m. No, it's, like, 5, 5.30. Oh, really? It was closer to 5. Yeah. Hmm. It, took, it, was a, it was a long stretch of time. So we got to the... Um, 
the first TA. transition area to get onto our bikes, or actually it was just a bike drop. I don't even know that it was officially a TA. And we got in, and Team Semi Navi Savvy, the three yeah. woman team, was uh, in the busy warming at tent. work uh, in the warming tent, getting their routes run out because we got the maps for stage one on Friday night, but we didn't get the rest of the maps until we were done with stage one. So you had to do navigation on the fly, which is which is good, and that's pretty norm. Um, but it was really cool. Just shout out to Team yeah. Semi Navi. Yeah, I want to. I want to yeah, say something it. about them because they we hopped into the the warming tent to change out of all of our wet clothes, which is a critical part of this race. But they like didn't even look up at us, and they were all in their gear. They were getting ready to go out. They were looking at their navigation. They were consulting with each other. They were very like focused and serious. And I feel like such a deep sense of respect for this team because it's so nice to like. Sometimes you feel kind of insular when you are in like the female adventure and endurance world like you feel like you're either my mentor or we race together and that's basically all the people i know in in like ultras and ar so when i see a team of women i've never seen before and they are super focused and super badass i'm just like oh it's so exciting to know that there are more women that i don't even know that that are that are doing this thing and that have like gathered a pile of women who have all these skills that can take you to the finish of a race like this. It kind of feels like being a little kid and meeting another little kid at the grocery store and being like, you like dinosaurs too? Exactly that. (laughs) And I don't even like, I did not desire their recognition to be like, hey guys, how are you doing? I loved that they were in this sort of like competitive zone because they see us, they know we're a female team. And so they're probably in some ways thinking like, we need to get the fuck out of here. That's another female team. And that's Awesome. The fact that there are enough women in this race to have a competitive spirit, like we absolutely want to always help each other out to make sure everyone's safe and like not missing important stuff. But like, it's very, it's like a boon to me to have competition in this space as a woman. They just, they were working very effectively. It was groovy. We were stoked to see it. Cool. Um, so we got out of the we got out of the bike drop pretty relatively fast considering yeah, we, we had to strip top to bottom and get our maps done and get out. So uh, got the routing done for the second stage. Um, there was quite a lot of optional CPs on this course, which meant there was a lot of decisions about where to cut and where to keep going. So we had the general outline of all of the stages in advance and knew that, uh, so the second to last stage, stage five, was a, a pretty big trek to a pretty big pack raft. And in order to do the full trek and the full pack raft, they were estimating like 12 hours to clear that section. I knew that it would take us whatever the maximum estimated time was even to not clear that section. So I had purposely uh, allocated 12 hours to do that stage, which I knew for the pace that we were going, that we would go. And from our experience at Shenandoah that we needed to cut stuff early on to ensure that we had time. Um, So we started, uh, you know, really with stage one, we skipped two optional checkpoints and really stuck to just the mandatories and any optionals that were on the way. So in stage two, a bike stage, you had a minimum distance of 29 miles estimated, of course, but depending on navigation choices and a full distance, if you did everything of 38 miles, um, my goal was for us to stick to the 29 miles and just do the mandatory checkpoints. Um, And it's wild to me to think that 
this was uh, stage two, but during stage two is when sunset happened because yeah. that's what, how time works. Wow. It, it, we really did get sucked into a weird hole there. We, we left the TA and then it started to drizzle pretty much within a mile and we decided yeah. to put all of our rain gear on. Early, which was, we had talked about this before, is putting our rain gear on. Before like, you get soaked, so you don't yeah. trap cold water inside your setup. Yeah, which to me is hard to do. It's the same thing as like trying to pull off clothes before you get too hot. You, yeah. You, I always find myself doing it like a half minute too late. We did a shitload of weird changes on the bikes because it would be like, you you descend in 42 degree weather at 30 miles an hour and you'd be frozen and then you'd ascend and you'd be wearing three shirts and a frog tog and you'd be like in a wrestling suit sweating your boobies off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of adventure racing where you put on layers and take, take them, them off again. Off. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, and we also were not on stage two very long before, uh, you and I got really sleepy. Yeah, that's what is, I was looking for in my notes. We yeah. we both we got to the top of a climb and I think we stopped to like eat some gummy bears and we looked at each other like, Wow, I feel sweet sweepy yeah. pants. Yeah, like, like nodding off. And it's yeah. funny, until just now I ha- it hadn't occurred to me how short we were on the bike before we were really sleepy. Because we, I was for we sure. left the stage the bike drop at like five thirty and we took a we tried to sleep before it was night yeah so we laid down at like mm, 6 30 right no i think it was like 7 30 really? i think it was close to 7 30 because we did that cl- we did that climb up by the past the postal workers house. okay i believe you but i had set my watch alarm so i'm almost positive when we laid down it was 6 25 and i was gonna wake us up at like 6 40 oh Okay. So we laid down in a pile of gravel. It was some sometime not that long into the race. <laughs> next to a like a water irrigation area. Yeah, and a dumpster. And then we just <laughs> hid behind a dumpster and we spooned on the ground and I fell asleep instantly. Yeah. And I slept for five minutes and Annie got really like shivery cold because the ground will just sap all of sure. the heat out of you. So we got right back on the bikes. That's the first time we've ever, together, I know you've done yeah. other endurance events, but that's the first time I've ever tried to sleep in a race. And for me, it worked great. It's, it's awesome. Like, and I've had enough experience to know, like, instead of trying to battle sleepiness for hours, like, mm-hmm. just get it out of the lay, way. Lay down for a yeah, couple minutes. What's see if 10 it does minutes something. in 36 just hours? Just keep going. So we engaged our caffeine bomb at this time and decided to do some real serious military energy gum just to, like, get our shit back together. And yeah. it worked. It worked great. Yeah. So we did the rest of the the bike stage. Sunset happened. Um, as we did on this race and probably will do every fucking race we had bike light <laughs> oh stuff. man we're, always the bike light you know, issues we're, we're just trying so hard to figure out like all night long uh light solutions i was super stoked because i felt like i finally had it i had taken the like tube light from my um lumen 800 ultra aspire waist belt attached that to my bike in addition to my bike in in addition to my bike light that i have two giant batteries for 
in addition to my Princeton Tech helmet, and without fail, just like at Shenandoah, one of my lights just completely did not work. So- you say that that's a problem, but you still had two other light sources that were so bright it was like being in someone's living room. I want it to feel like I'm in a car all, right. all well- night. My only light issue was that when we descended, mine popped off into oh, the darkness. <laughs> that was so funny to see from the front because it looked like it just like blinked. No, nope. it flew into the woods. Uh, yeah. Did you just hit a bump? Yeah. Well, when I, so in between the two bike legs, I could charge it and I did. But when I put it back on my mount, I didn't snap it. Oh, So gotcha. we descended a technical Jeep road and it went right into the just out into nowhere it makes me think we'll probably have one of those every race about how laura's head bike light just like turned off in the middle of oh, that was like spooky. just complete darkness yep, and it just, was like oh, we have to stop like right now we have to stop <laughs> So, do you have anything else to say about that bike leg? Yeah, so the last mandatory checkpoint of that stage oh. M11, it was on this long descent and uh, other lessons learned. So, we have a bike computer that we have never set up except for on race Which day. didn't work. So when we did nationals two years ago, we set it up on a bike the night before and it didn't work. And this Still time, didn't work this, this time. This time with a, a computer that's two years older and two years crustier, it didn't work. So, Surprise. Um, adventure racing, you're allowed to have a bike odometer to sh- give you miles and stuff. It can't be GPS. Um, we didn't have that, which makes it a little bit more challenging for navigation because you have to pay a lot more attention to features and can't kind of keep distance in mind because you can't pace count on a bike. And so we were on this long descent, uh, or there was this long descent, and I had us start looking slowly, or have us moving slowly to look for the checkpoint. And I honestly think we were, we went slowly by where it was the first time. We did. But we went probably... Uh, I think when we finally decided to turn around, I guess it wasn't that far because when we... So we went really slow down this hill, and I said, okay, we've definitely gone too far. We've gotten to this this water feature that's on this road. It, we've definitely, this is our catching feature. We need to turn back. We probably only backtracked a quarter mile. It was a thousand meters, actually. It was specifically a thousand meters. Kaboom. And uh, then we were able to attack off of just a bend in the road. Um, which was awesome because we spent a lot of time. We and, spent a lot of time looking for this. And we were yeah. like, we can't move forward without a mandatory. That yep. would be such a yeah, bummer. Yeah, that would just suck. Like, And we've also determined that being on a road with a checkpoint that's down in a river off the side of the road is is my absolute least favorite checkpoint. There's yeah. just nothing gratifying. It's just such a bummer that we couldn't fly down this long oh. descent because we just ended up breaking, breaking, oh. breaking, breaking down this really steep descent. So, And two other 40, 40 plus teams in front of us, could you just make sure that you... Make a big a really trail. trail for yeah, us. can you just stomp down all the ground, That's please? That's why we hang out in the back, so we can just follow the elephant trail to the CP. It's true. Hello. It's true. But we got our, our checkpoint. It felt really good. Got back on our bikes. Did get to fly down the hill. Um, and came into our transition area. So on to stage three. Stage three was a four? Minimum four mile and maximum 16 mile trekking stage. Yeah, well, this is where people made some tactical and very smart decisions. Yeah. Um, Lots of good things at the TA. So this is where yeah. Heavy Perkis gave you your birthday your birthday cupcake. Which was rad. Yep. I chugged a Mountain Dew. We put on some more dry clothes. 
also we got to start we got to see other people which we had honestly gone pretty most most of this whole day without seeing many other people um except for like teams like classic hits of the 70s and 80s What's which up? is a great team a great name. Team name. um but we got into the ta and because the trekking leg could be so long especially for those that were clearing the course or doing uh the majority of the trekking points we were finally like, with a bunch of other bi- people yeah there was bikes everywhere Praise we God. got to see people it was like oh wow we're not the only ones doing this very cool also some early car carnage though there was there was some early carnage we saw some people sleeping while sitting up by the fire yeah um we got to see uh i think stephanie uh, stephanie ross and karen clark are who we saw the most often throughout the that's whole true ra- that's the true whole race um and which is lovely because yeah they I, are I respect, mentors in adventure I respect racing the hell out of out of stephanie ross and she was one of the first women i heard about being a badass in navigating i still remember going to my first orienteering meet and somebody telling me about stephanie and how they saw her like leap off of a cliff (laughs) i heard that story um so i just i just love seeing stephanie yeah um I will also say, when we saw Stephanie outside of this transition area, um, I know uh, for those of you that are newer, we've talked about Haunted Lauren before when her soul seems to have left her yeah. body and it reflects in her eyes. Yeah. I would say we got to see Haunted, Haunted Stephanie. Stephanie. Just a little bit. Because she didn't she didn't know who we were as we passed. It was dark. And then we were talking and she was like, Burf, Burf. We were like, Stephanie. Like, she seemed a little like, hey, guys. Hi, guys. Yeah. I mean, this was probably a moment to feel like that, but we yeah. we were starting to bounce back up, I would say. Like, we were yeah. cogent. We were still talking and having fun. We went out on foot for uh, the minimum amount of CPs. We were really bummed to hear that you had to cross the creek twice to find these. Because the we had been so wet in the creek walk, and then we had gotten to be, air quote, dry for the bike ride, even though it sprinkled yeah. us on us on the bike ride. Um, but... Uh, not to not to undercut our accomplishment the water in pennsylvania was not super super cold like it was not unpleasant it wasn't like it wasn't burn your feet off cold. Yes. no it wasn't like the b- bone hurting yes. cold it did not feel nice no it didn't it not just, feel nice it just was not like <gasps> yeah no it wasn't horrible <laughs> so we had a few cps that were i would say like pretty and technical and interesting yeah there was a descent that they, there's a bunch of rope down there, and I'm sure it's for tourists, but it spooked me instantly because it was like, oh, no, I don't want to repel down anything. Yeah, but uh, and it should have occurred to you that you had gone down similar descents covered in slippery rocks without ropes, so dirt with rope. I don't know whatever. why it spooked me. Yeah. But it was very cool because we got the 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 one mandatory checkpoint and three I think three optional checkpoints outside of that and each one was at a really cool feature and again people were bouncing all over it was I that uh that was a fun part that was a fun part for me um I think I was in my head in that time mm. which is in a good way like I was processing some life things which I think I went through with you sure. uh. And so it, I oh, was. Oh yeah, that's when you were like, "I'm just gonna talk at you," and like, yeah, you I'm did, just gonna like feel some you, feelings out. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it felt right to me, and I like I was still in the moment. Yeah. So our goals, we should tell you, like, we had mantras for this race, and mine was to be like very much a part of the moment, no matter what the moment was like. So to be mindful, even if there's discomfort or suffering or like panic to always be in the moment and mine was to recognize that i am worthy and to recognize my val value so mine was are you recognizing your worth you are valued yeah i also tried to consider one from um a 
book that my pal Timory recommended called Untethered Soul, yeah, which is uh, has given me instruction that I can be experiencing boundless joy, enthusiasm, and love all the time, but I'm blocking that. And that I really did think about that really hard. Like, what if I just decided that this moment was filled with enthusiasm and joy? And that worked really well for me, even through major discomfort, like through this entire race. And I, I, I want to share a conversation we had on the way to the race, because I think all of these kind of like Mm, ethereal, ethereal, mystical yeah. things <laughs> have like really scientific roots to them. Mm-hmm. So we were comparing mm-hmm. the narrative of this book, The Untethered Soul, to How Bad Do You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. essentially in Matt Fitzgerald's book, he goes through all of these different athletic endeavors and what's kind of made the difference between somebody that was uber successful and somebody who wasn't. So like one of the chapters is about pre and just his success in running and how he just went like all out and what that what that means and all these different examples. And really he comes down to like, hey, there's, there's no science that says exactly when someone can stop mm-hmm. or what makes someone quit mm-hmm. it comes down to how bad do you want it right and to me that's that is like the same thing as saying like you are keeping yourself from, from joy and uh, ha- from endless joy energy. and energy yes energy but that was the, po- the, yeah. the the piece that i was missing there so there's a little bit of magic in that to me yeah because it is there is a piece of science that can't talk about cannot speak to why people can do expedition races, why right. why people can do 36-hour races without sleeping. Yeah. Uh, you know, why why is it like that your central governor is wrong? Yeah. Why why do you have so much more to ring out no matter when like even if you think you have no, nothing left to give, if you're the rock that you can't squeeze blood from, you are wrong because yeah. there's still magic in the rock. You're just blocking your energy. Yeah. And it's wild too because uh, we talked about like if if stage one, when we did this 12 mile stage where nine to 10 miles of it was walking a river, we could do that one stage. And if somebody told us that was all there was to a race, we would have been exhausted and exhausted and we would be done. We would not be yeah, able to do like, anything. Yeah, we'd be like, holy shit, we just walked through a river for 12 hours. We need a beer and a, and a hamburger. There's really no reason we should have or would have thought that we could go another 24 hours of mm-hmm. doing intense things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just comes down to somebody being like, yeah, you, you, you can, or like, here's you the can. thing, that, here's the thing that we're asking of you. And then we went and did it. Yeah. Something that I was trying to harness was like, this is not exactly an example from the book that I read, but it's very similar, which is to feel like, why can't I feel in this moment? Like I did when I like got proposed to like, that was just an overflowing well of just like juicy love and happiness and fulfillment. What if I just decided that descending this loamy thing next to a waterfall even though i'm scared and cold and wet why can't i decide that this moment is just like that moment yeah and i did a lot of that yeah um so that was probably the most profound part of the race for us because the rest of it was just dumb shit. dumb dangly <laughs> wingly nonsense bonkers boo boo beep beep so we did our stage three we did our our only our mandatory checkpoint or the minimum distance that we could do was, we got the hell out of there got the heck out got of back there. to the ta changed again again um, got a very scary race safety briefing yeah from uh brent friedland the other rd or part of rootstock racing along with abby perkis brent 
maybe in the future we'll get we'll give a whole episode to you. This one's just for Abby. Um, but <laughs> but you did design a beautiful course. So he was forewarning us. Um, so uh, we were finishing up stage three. We still had stage four, which was a bike leg before we did the pack raft stage. So he was giving us a heads up about how we needed to descend from the trek portion into the pack raft where we would drop be dropping in in our pack rafts pack rafts into the into Pine Creek. Um, and it was a lot of like, uh, I'll admit, and again, I think this is the thing that I'll continue to evolve as a navigator, but Brent was giving me a lot of information uh, to consider and a lot of it stuck, but it kind of felt like when somebody gives you turn by turn directions, when you know, you're just going to punch the address into Google Maps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, there was uh -huh. a lot, there uh -huh. was a lot. And yeah. Everyone knows that I tend to be grumpy, especially when men try to tell me what to do in the middle of the night during a race, and I tend to just completely block them out entirely. <laughs> Luckily, I was actually listening. <laughs> I was listening to the parts that I felt were valuable, and then my brain went, bow. Okay, good, good. Um, wasn't there a point during the race that you were talking, and I was like, I just stopped listening? I was like, Yes, I'm you sorry. were like, I stopped listening in the middle of, the middle of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why. No, I don't You're like, this isn't relevant to me. Yeah. I, I'm not listening no, anymore. I, just, I only heard I the first stopped. part of the sentence. Yeah. Uh, so we left uh, after stage three and we set out on stage four, which was a 17 mile bike. Um, and we went through a couple of small towns, which was really nice and refreshing. It was kind of peaceful to like go through a flat area with like really nice houses with cute little flowers. Yeah. It just made you feel like, oh, people are having a nice yeah. restful time tonight and also, that, that feels calming you know what's weird usually when we go through towns like that all i can think of is here's normal people doing normal stuff i would like to be in my house doing normal stuff and it, I, didn't I didn't have that at all. all it was very reassuring and it's not it usually does not feel like that usually it feels like a person it's like somebody being like aren't you in a lot of pain and then you're yeah. like i am yeah but it didn't feel like that no i had the same experience of this race where i felt like i kept asking myself like what's would you actually rather like be drinking partying and eating pizza for your birthday weekend and i was like no that's not what kind of person i am anymore that's yeah. not who i am this is what i want to be doing yeah this um, I can't believe you're not more surprised by that statement. Oh, no. I, you've said a few things that are shocking that I'm going to make sure to get recorded in, <laughs> recorded in an episode. Um, I'll, I'll let you finish your drink so you don't do a spit take. This is also when you started pooping is on stage four, I think. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is a good yeah, thing. This is you, a good thing. Usually for Lauren, like the poop setting in is like the, the it's end. It's the end of the, yeah. yeah it's the beginning of the end. Like, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. And you were also, uh, you had been nauseous for the entirety first, of stage one. For 12, 14 hours. Yep. And you were really putting away calories, which was mm -hmm. dope. Yeah. And I was feeling good. Poop, By then I dope. felt good. I felt good. Yeah, like, yeah. I started to finally get my groove right around this stage. So the middle of the night, I guess. Yeah. So we had taken... I don't want to do a turn-by-turn. Turn. Let's not bore the people with the weirdness. Sure. But we did, perhaps, start going on a road. This is not the road we thought we were on. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So we were on a parallel road from the road that we were supposed to be on. We were headed up. We were... No. We not, were leaving the, the town of Arnott. We were on a road that I thought we were on. And I was like, oh, look, it's a body of water. It's time for me to flip my map. And then I flipped my map and was like, okay, we're continuing on the road that I know that we're on. And we, we come up and we see uh, Team Fragile Flowers led by we Olga are Huber. grooving, though. I want to let you know, like, we're just entering the Annie and Lauren weirdness groove. Yep. We're starting to do a Disney montage. 
We're we're singing uh, the seaweed is always greener. Just we're we're already pretty close to the downward spiral of nonsense that continued mm-hmm. for the next. Although downward spiral, I think, gives it a, neg- a negative connotation. Upward, we began our natural, our, 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 our set out own, of our bodies, our own bodily induced acid trip yeah. without acid. This is when it began. Oh, this was really like chugging mushroom tea for the rest of the race. Yeah, yeah. So we're on our bikes and we come up to uh, Team Fragile Flowers, again, led by the 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 navigator, Olga. And uh, she was like, where did you guys just come from? Because they had popped out from getting an optional CP on the first mountain bike leg. And I was like, we are on this road, headed west out of the town of Arnett. We've just passed this body of water. This is where we are. And she was like, no, she was like, I you want to so. be on a road that's going west. This road goes north. And I was like, this is a road that we're on. Goodbye. <laughs> So Annie like didn't even look back at her and we were like, I guess we're going. So I looked back at them and I was like, I trust Annie. Let's go, Annie. And Olga was super clear, but she was like, I do not think you are where you think you are. So we carried on a little while and I was like, we are going this direction. And I was like, I definitely know where we're going. So we went about a quarter mile. I was like, unless. And Annie was like, shit. Okay. So we turned around and we were. We were descending as they were ascending, and they were walking their bikes, and we were like, we're sorry, you were right, bye! (laughs) And uh, Olga, if you happen to be listening, uh, so when I first, uh, I first did a race that involved heavy navigation, or I should say a decent amount of navigation, and I got fucked because I totally fell into herd mentality and followed Mm. someone that I should not have when I knew exactly where I actually was. And pretty much my goal since then in doing orienteering and navigating events is to always, is to know and do things based on my own knowledge and decisions and really strongly try to avoid herd mentality. And I would say it has led me to at times make the wrong choice because I'm actively trying to avoid. Yeah. But in the end, it's probably better to do that than, than the former. Yes. Um, so I respect the heck out of you. It was nothing, uh, you know, specifically didn't think you were knew what you were doing because I knew you knew what you were doing. I just was feeling, I was feeling a kind of spicy sassy. So we, we loved them. But it really broke up the night. It was great. It was was great. It was a a great, it was a fun and funny interlude. It was like, (laughs) Oh, Okay, maybe you're right. Okay, and bye. Thanks for the help. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> so at this point, we headed towards um, the Packraft TA, and we and, and the sun was ri- the sun came. was rising, and I I was a little bit like tweaky, not ex- not terribly exhausted, but I knew that I wanted a caffeine blast myself. We got to the TA. It was not raining. The sun was up. I think it was misty. There was a lot of times it was misty. We got to see Stephanie Ross and Karen Clark again oh, that's as we were right. coming into the TA. They were leaving and heading out um, with their pack rafts and everything loaded up on their bag. It did look silly as fuck. And I was like, oh, yeah, you have to carry your own PFDs and your oars and your boat. Huh. That looks kind yeah. of crazy. That looks pretty crazy. So I would say that this upcoming stage, stage five that we were, we were about to embark on and uh, team flying squirrel was just headed out on was kind of like 
I hesitate to say the marquee stage, but it was kind of it, like a big me. feature of yeah. this race was getting doing the pack rafting portion. And Brent really pride, prided himself on the pack raft uh, course he had he had built into this stage um, and getting to see parts of Pine Creek that you would not otherwise see. Um, but uh, as of this moment, pack rafting seems fucking silly. <laughs> yeah, we're not too into it. I would like to say, however... That in spite of this being maybe the hardest part for me, this is the one I had the most fun, even though it was the most difficult. Yeah. So our our plan was that we would load the pack raft up on Lauren because she is the stronger person fitness-wise right now and that we would move some stuff to my pack. Um, so Lauren took the Alpaca Forager, which is a tandem pack raft. It weighs about it can 13 pounds. go to hell. Pounds. You can go straight to hell. <laughs> and... Uh, you carried the additional 13-pound pack raft, your oars, our two-piece oars, our two-piece paddles, I should mm-hmm. say. I had my paddles. I had both the PFDs. And I had all of our of gear. Your additional, your, some of your gear as well moved over to my pack, and we set out. So, like, uh, just imagine we've got our normal adventure racing packs on, the out there pack, and we have our oars sticking straight up, so we have... We're tall women anyways, so we are... We have, like... Our clearance is, like, eight feet. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not the height of the forest. Yeah. But we got everything cinched down pretty well, which we was did. which was good we considering did. we rented a pack raft from Backcountry um, Pack Raft Rentals. So shout out to them for getting us a pack raft, and that process was pretty smooth. Um, but we ha- we didn't know like how anything. anything. We didn't Nothing. know anything really Not about pack rafting. We- I watched a couple of videos to make sure I knew how to inflate it well, and and looked up anything I could. But it was it kind of was yeah. one of those things where it's like you don't know what you don't know. No. And we're not even at the point where it's a pack raft. Right now it's yes, just... right now it's on Right foot. now it's just a pile of bricks so, in my back. So essentially, so all of stage five, the pack raft stage was actually um, optional, um, but you were uh, you were trekking out essentially upriver up and then pack rafting back to the TA. So it was like an out and back from the TA. And there was a shorter spot to put in uh, and then there was a longer spot to put in and I had allocated time for us to do the full trek out and the full pack raft back. Um, what that entailed was Lauren toting a pack raft up a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel super happy about this. And this was 24 hours into the race. So... Leaving leaving the TA yeah. twenty four hours into the race on the bike path on the rails to ra- rails to trails, uh, we both did a couple poops. Felt really good about it. Yeah, they just shot out of our bodies, and so we were ready to go. Five Maybe, pounds lighter, m- mostly related to the fact that we did a bang energy shot. Oh, that's probably yeah. why. So yeah. we did this a uh, bang energy shot, which is like. Uh, not a five-hour energy shot, but like a 26-hour energy <laughs> shot. In, and in we the chugged same, Mountain Dews. Yes, and we chugged Mountain Dews and had a bunch of food. And we, we made it like 10 minutes of being like, woo, woo, woo. And then we were like, bathroom time right now. Yeah, right now. yeah, emergency <laughs> evacuation. But also, that much caffeine at that hour, for some reason, just turned me immediately into a hallucinating toddler. But in oh a fun God. way. In a we fun, were, exciting way. So, And I think I think it's relatively safe to say from this point on... We were Nothing made happy. sense. We like, were ridiculous. Just, I, I you know, uh, 
from the Shenandoah epic adventure raids, I had all these profound, complex feelings that I was working through and like feelings of my worth and just feeling like insufficient and that I didn't know how to navigate. And this race, I was like completely like prepared to have, you know, a lot of string of thoughts or a lot of things that I, you know, was going to work through or like stuff was just going to like come emote, out of Yeah, me. you're just going to emote. And, and instead what I got as far as inner monologue was like, or... Or more specifically, all the greatest R&B hits of the 90s. It's totally my fault. And my inner monologue was, this is hard. Ooh, orange. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, if, if someone had been listening to our conversation, they would have been concerned very, for potentially for very our, our health and safety. Because, yes. again, we're, we're going up to this mountain. We're doing these, you know, big in and out re-entrance, like going over, like hiking, uh, you know, on the top of these beautiful waterfalls. And Lauren is like just streaming nonsense out of her mouth. I'm streaming <laughs> nonsense out of my, my mouth We're well. agreeing about whatever and it is that comes I'm, out. I'm hearing from her. Base, it doesn't matter what she said. I heard whatever I needed to hear. And it didn't matter what I said. Lauren just heard what she needed yeah. to hear. Yeah. So who knows what conversations we actually had because we weren't having them with each no, other. No, we weren't. We were not. And I would get like, I would get an idea and I'd start the sentence and I'd be like, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe when I was in high school, Doodle in jiddle in a bullbop. Orange. <laughs> right? And you'd be like, yeah, I think I get it. Also, we were just randomly screaming out sounds a lot. Oh, we did a lot of like, if you were uncomfortable or tired or like your pack was too heavy, we were like making gorilla noises with yes. gorilla arms. Yep. It was very important to our success. It, for us, like that's a coping skill for us. Yeah. Is sometimes you just had like... For a while, I had to make some pain noises because my oh, shoulders yeah. were... And I had mm -hmm. to make some, like, Sylvan Esso-themed pain noises. Oh, I was yeah. like, and then I, ah, like, added... Ooh, and That's just an example. That's just an example of, like... And no, there were no questions to be asked. No. We no, were just great. on the same page about that. Um. What did make this part a little bit challenging, in addition to the elevation and carrying a pack raft and everything else, was other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we came upon an, a couple in their 50s were hiking with their, like, corgi weird mixed dog, who was definitely an adventure dog, and their very angry white terrier who they had to carry so it didn't kill us. I was super stoked to see this puppy whose name was Macaroni and Cheese. He was you like a little... talk about Macaroni and Cheese for a I long time. I can't not get over him. When I get obsessed with a dog that I like, it becomes my dog in my mind for a very long time, and then I can't, I can't live without it. <laughs> I need this dog. He was like soft and fluffy, but also like kind of athletic looking. He was very cute. And they were like... Call, they call him Mac for short. Yep. I was super into it. And then we also came up, uh, uh, as we were getting a checkpoint off trail just a little bit, uh, these two uh, older gentlemen hikers came up and they were like, one of them said... Wait, no, before you get there. Okay. We had seen them earlier and we usually applesauce each other if we're going to say something bad, but we didn't see that two 70-year-old men were packing up their hiking camp. And oh, yeah. I said, if I see one more motherfucking snake on a motherfucking plane... <laughs> Or I think you I said, said some... re-entrant. I think I was talking yes. about re-entrance. Yes. I, I said I, I think if I see one more motherfucking re-entrant that is not our motherfucking re-entrant. And then I looked, and there was two seven-year-old dudes like packing up a camp. Because and this like, always happens. We're always fudge. like screaming obscenities or talking fudge. about privates, like when families. Really come up. bad because I was 
screaming the worst potty words I could think of. So we passed them as fast as we could because I was super embarrassed. And then they came up on us later when we were grabbing a checkpoint. Yeah. And so uh, one of the guys said, are you are you, are you one you of the 36? And my brain was like, could only think of the 21 people in China who died during the oh, ultra marathon. No. And I was like, one of the 36 people who died on this mountain. Oh, and like our brains were like, so like, like both of us just like scrambled. Wait. 36 what? Who are the other 34? Where are, are they? you? Class Us? of 36? Me- I'm not 36. What time is it? Why? Are you he? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, and we were like, yes. And he You're was like, like the, the 36 the 30, the hour. Race. And we were, and like, we're like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. We started at 8 a.m. yesterday. So we're not. We're not here. No. We're not with you now. That was like, that was one of those like brutal reality injections where it was like, oh, neither one of us is here right now. Oh no, we've been talking like two toddlers who don't speak English for the last three hours and being completely cool with it. And then like someone like Kool-Aid manned into our reality and was like, hey guys, nothing you're saying makes any sense. And we're like, <laughs> it took us a we, no, I would say it took us a while to recover from that. We didn't recover from that. We continued to spiral into madness. We screamed, sang "Boys to Men," Tony Braxton. I can't even remember what else. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't count how many times I said "Down on my knees, begging <laughs> you please." <laughs> baby, baby. Um, we did a lot of that. We also recognized that colors were as bright as we've ever seen them in our lives. Yeah, the orange on the top of the hike uh, for the pack rafting stage was spectacular. I get to this point in the early morning, and I'm so glad to know in a long style race like this that it will go away later in the afternoon. But in the morning, everything sort of breathes, like it expands and contracts, or like faces appear in things. So it's squatting. Like drugs. Like drugs. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to experience drugs, just do this. But I was pooping, and I was like, oh no, everything has a face. Everything has a face. Oh God. And then I was like, okay, close your eyes so you don't hallucinate. And I closed my eyes, and I was like, you're falling asleep. You're going to sit in your own poop. So I opened my eyes again and I was like, everything has a face. (laughs) Those are your options. Fall asleep and squat into your own poop or everything has a face. You have to look at all the faces. Oh my God, it's so scary. Out of those two. It's like mushrooms. Unless you don't. Mushrooms are growing and then shrinking and then growing orange. Cool. Cool. So we wrap up the trekking part uh, by descending to the pack raft which was what the entire safety briefing uh, from brent was at the ta was about how we were going to go down this hollow essentially holler what are we calling this we're calling the the hell gully the shalescape the the tube of doom the spidey shoot i don't know the spidey shoot the um the the nonsense nettle uh nope i got nothing the nettle nutty pot the nettle nutty pot (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just that's basically the same thing is doing an eddy pop filled with nettle. Yep. That's how bad yep. this was. And so this is one of those sections where uh, I could have forced a better choice as a navigator. And Brent had alluded that the spur that ran tangent right next or parallel to the chute we would be going down could be a solid option for getting down to the pack wrap put in. But he wasn't 100 percent sure because he didn't ha- he didn't do it all the way. Um, and. We uh, we did what a team in front of us did and went down the the reentrance straight down the middle where the water and the rock the rock was and it was it was gnarly so we again had our bike helmets on because there was a section where there was 
I think it was stated as like a three to four foot dry- drop. It seemed like more than that. It did. Um, so we we opted against doing the drop because yeah. it was mossy, slick, flat shale to a between three and five foot mossy shale drop so the option that we saw the team again in front of us take and i wish i knew the team name it right in front it of was us. rootstock because they were down there with their beautiful it pack rafts oh, okay. right right so, as we ended so they scrambled up the side and then came um down and uh the fun part about going up the steep side beside the fact that it was really steep loamy uh dirt was that it was covered in nettle it was flaming screaming hurting my it whole was, body Hilarious. It was, I thought the yeah. nettle, so the side, so there's this crazy river re-entrant thing we're doing on this crazy steep descent down to the pack raft put in after we've hiked our pack raft up a mountain. And then the fact that the sides, if yeah. you decide you don't want to like fall to your death on these slippery rocks is nettle is nettle it's covered yeah, in nettle. it's like, like being on a reality tv show like survivor and having them be like you have to walk the plank also it's on fire <laughs> and it's probably the most nettle i've seen I've, since the first time i went to frozen head when you walk wait no where were we when you you we were at oh that nitro- was at no sleep yeah no sleep no sleep not nitro gain where yes. you walked into waist deep nettle and just went oh no <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. So this was bad. It was it was a lot of nettle. I came to a somewhat limit experience when I had to go around this drop because the drop, even from the loam, was about a 10-foot drop down into, like, cra- yeah. craggy rocks. And I didn't know if I was going to slip or not. And so I, I was turning from my back facing the drop to, like, looking at the drop. And I was trying to put a foot down on a root that I wasn't sure it was attached. And as I slid towards it, I said calm down, go slower, out loud, you are going to be okay, you've got this, which is, the fact that I have to do that is saying, like, the level of scared I am. And I, uh, as a observer of, the, of all this, it was really dope, because there's been times where I have said there's a thing that I don't or cannot do, and Lauren has been like, you just did that thing, you need to reevaluate mm-hmm. if that's a thing that you cannot do because mm-hmm. you just did that very well. Mm-hmm. And I got to have that experience with Lauren to say like, hey, I know like walking through water on rocks freaks you out. You do it well. We've just done a whole day of this. And she, I could see her brain like flip a switch and was like, it's business time. You need to get down this descent safely, efficiently, effectively. Let's get this done. Make good choices. Lead the way. Go down the hill. You went first, that whole mm-hmm. descent. Mm-hmm. And you did it like a boss. I wanted to be done with it so fucking badly. Yeah. And so we did this descent. And even as people descended in a quarter of the time down the aforementioned spur, but Damn. whatever. You live, you They learn. were practically running. Yeah. That's painful. <laughs> but but they didn't get to put their hands, you know, elbow deep in nettle. Yeah, so, so they who's lose. Who's the loser? Obviously them. Obviously them. nettle actually helps improve yeah. your adrenaline. So yeah. I was pumped with adrenaline, and as soon as we got to the bottom to unroll the pack wrap, a little bit. my whole brain and body went, oh. And I literally was frozen while sitting, and I thought, you should inflate the middle of the pack raft and my body was like can't i yeah. cannot i can't you got cold too i got cold you? 
instantly and all my underclothing that was underneath my rain suit was frozen because I sat in water to Coming get down, down the re-entrant. Mm. Yeah. It was the only safe option for me. But luckily, I mean, it, you're it's a 36-hour race. You're going to have times when one person or the other just has to, like, fritz out for a second. I had a little bit of fear it. that I was, like, leaning on you too hard in that moment. No. I was golden. Okay. I felt golden. I was, like, doing the pack wrap. Also, there was just, like, it was good that we had to be there for a while because we got to ask people, like, do you know how this works? Do you know? And yeah. people were, were so gracious about, like... Helping each other out, really. Yeah, because... we met somebody named Brian Gustavuson from yeah. Team Wicked AR, who really was just kind of our bud all day long and kind of like helping us along, just turning around to be like, I'm loving this. Are you loving this? We're loving this. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good perspective. Um, and we, again, not knowing what we didn't know with pack rafting, things like, oh, you have to turn the nozzle one way or the other so all the air doesn't shoot back out of you. Yeah, or like, L- little sh- things. Shoot back out of you. <laughs> it's weird i blew up this pack raft and it blew out like, my ass somehow. i feel like that's a good example <laughs> yeah. of this weekend so yes i had my valve turned the wrong way and all of the air shot, shot out of you me. yeah i kept putting it in and it just shot back yeah, out i believe that um so eventually we, we got it we got it set up we did and we were like what the fuck is this middle seat for if there's two people we won't even inflate it we'll wrap it up and put it away because the idea of sitting on the back of the pack raft seemed, seemed Ill, ill-advised to us. It seemed us. like you would just, like, bounce off yeah. the back. So that's not true or <laughs> right or good. We should have inflated the middle seat so that the person in the middle and the weight distribution the weight distribution would have been even so that we weren't... What, what we did was sit in the bottom of the boat together, basically like a like the bobsled team. And we, so if you put a rock in a sock and then you put that in the river and you drag it along, the rock in the sock is going to bottom out. Yeah, so we bottomed out like within 10 feet. <laughs> and people are all in solo rafts, most of them in their own rafts with spray skirts wearing full wetsuits. And we're basically wearing regular clothes. Jeans. And, we're, 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 essentially we're, jeans. Sens- we're essentially in jeans and hoodies. And, and cardigans. Jeans and, and cardigans. In a rented pack raft, just spinning. Spinning in the water. I, don't allude like we were moving fast. Spinning like that implies no, no, that no. we were moving. We were slowly turning. No, we were, and then we would hit rocks and stop again, and then it would almost shoot me out the front of the boat. Yeah, so it, it was rough the first part, and we were just like, we can't because and i had some like time panic at first because it was like hey like whatever else aside like if we get stuck whatever we get stuck but like how do we get down this river fast enough i thought if we we have to portage for 10 miles with a boat i'm going to kill someone yeah it'll take a long time it did slow us down but not to the point where it was impossible i would say it was not fun it it was challenging because it was just like you'd go a little bit and you'd just see tons of rocks and you couldn't really tell the difference between rapid and rocks yeah like rapid looked like a bad idea rocks look like a bad idea so it was really hard to know which one of those we're gonna have to learn how How to to read water water. yeah yeah because right now we don't so we would just like guess or watch what other people did or other people would watch what we did and then not go the way that we went but we did see all of wicked get stuck on the left side once so i felt better about that yeah um but we did get better as we went along and again this is our first time ever pack rafting, so I feel like we actually did pretty well considering that. Other than sitting in the boat completely wrong. So I couldn't get any purchase because I was sitting cross-legged in the bow of the boat on the floor. So if Annie would shake the boat to come out of a rock, 
I would, my whole body would flip back like a toddler who has no abs because my PFD is so long that I couldn't lean forward to keep my abs tight so I wouldn't spring back. So I would just randomly fall back into Annie's lap. And at some point I just gave up. I held my paddle forward across the boat and I laid in Annie's lap and she was like, you can just stay there. And I was like, Thank you so, so much. So I just paddled for a while, bonking my paddle on her and bike my helmet. helmet and splashing water all over her from the paddle. And Lauren was I've just like... I've never been so happy in my Lauren life. Lauren was just like, this is great. And I'm just like bonking her head. <laughs> like, I'm not even doing it. I'm, Hard. I'm doing my best to like, l- just let her have a, have a yeah. second. And I, I'm just like splashing water all <laughs> I was the most comfortable and happy I think I've ever been just to be hit in the face with cold water. And I was like, hey, we're not that effective at paddling this thing. It doesn't matter if we both paddle. It doesn't. Um, but we had a couple spots where I got out of the boat to just like move the boat and just having just one of us was enough weight out in order to get the boat to move on some I was of the very shallow spots. By that. It's so funny though, because I know I, it's like six inches of water. Yeah, and, well, and also just Lauren from her position, not having stability and kind of like just, you know, being whipped being around, the, being at the will of the way the boat moved or whatever. I, I it took a minute, I think, for you to recognize that, like... There's no imminent danger here. There was, like, no flipping that could happen. I don't think that... There wasn't enough... Wa- there wasn't enough water for the boat There were to some deep There was spots. some deep... And if we had gotten soaked head to tail, we would have really yes, screwed. But she... I, I, I don't think she realized that, like, I... She... I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah, I'm here. people. <laughs> Me. You. I would, like... After I would portage the boat for a minute, I would just, like... I would just, like... Flop her flop, whole flop body. into the boat, and the boat would not, like... It wouldn't do much of anything. No, like, it's a giant floaty toy. It's not going anywhere. So at one point, we got to... Were you also out of the boat? Were we both? No, no. Out? I never, ever would have risked getting out of the boat. I was too so scared. how did you end up... Oh, no, I did. I did. did. Oh, because it was very, I was very scared. shallow. I was scared anyway. Yeah. Because I felt like you were, you were fine with walking, and I was slipping, and you were dragging the boat, and I was holding the boat. So you were basically about to drag me into the water, and I really wanted to shout at you. Oh, gotcha. But my brain was so scrambled that it would have come out like, <laughs> I could not say... I couldn't say anything. But before I could, I just decided, fuck you, I'm getting back in this boat. So I jumped into the boat and was laying long ways in it, and you were like, oh, it's rapids, rapids. Like, not scary rapids, but yeah, just it's like, picking oh, the boat's up. boat's going to move. Let's go. It's picking Yay. up enough. So Annie jumped in. And as the rapids, it was like getting on an escalator. It was like the rapids began and Annie's single leg was in the boat and other leg was dragging behind us like a rudder. I essentially looked like... Uh, like when they put Peter Pan on the hoist when it's like on the stage and they have like one arm out and like one leg out. That's the position that I was laying in in the boat. And I told Lauren, I was like, just, I was like, let's just, let's just let it let's ride just, out. Let's just let's ride let it out. ride out. We're just like scream laughing Screaming. this whole time as we go through. And ho- hopefully by that experience uh, connected that the boat was like, pretty it was not going anywhere. it wasn't going it was not anywhere. gonna flip like, no, no matter, matter what. what we did like we were not well positioned we were just we were going to be fine in there with like half of our body parts out and like the water's going moving pretty well finally and we're just like half in the boats just it was silly our heads off it was so fun it was that was the most fun of it the was the most crash. fun it was the most fun but like the whole thing was i would say ridiculous the yeah. whole pack raft was ridiculous yeah it was not smooth or good like we did kind of get a rhythm down paddling but that wasn't 
terribly helpful. No, it was just, it wasn't enough water for our, it wasn't, um, our skills did not allow us to do that the most in combination with maybe the environment. I don't know. That was a sentence. We, we did not have our boat infloated, infloated. <laughs> Yikes! This is this is, again a sampling what, of the weekend. Who we are Our now. boat was not inflated like super tight because we didn't know how to top it off. We didn't have the center seat on. We weren't like in the boat well. Like we, we saw other people with mechanical inflators who also had their spray skirts and their dry suits, and we were just like blowing up a pack raft with our yeah, mouths yeah, we're like, like oh man whatever. we're the most amateur dingbats yeah, but we did it we did we the, did it we did the full pack raft we which did I'm, it. I'm super proud of we got a couple checkpoints we skipped one we skipped we skipped pp right pp 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 yeah we skipped pp um <laughs> i went looking for one a little too early yeah in a marsh i followed the weird minion dressed team because and i have to know did you like wig out and like sprint in after them i did yeah you know me i know you're a hell of a gopher oh yeah like if you want me to get something i'll get it as fast as humanly possible so they went in about at least 200 250 meters into uh tall grass with like um suck mud like tall grass, like seven foot tall grass and, and tall tall grass. Suck, suck mud. mud. <laughs> Hand face. Oh no. Paddle paddle. <laughs> and then was like, this seems too far in. I was like, are you guys following the elephant tracks? And he and the guy turns around, who's chasing his teammate. He goes, we are the elephant tracks. And I was like, shit. <laughs> and then I hear <laughs> Annie screaming, craft. Craft and I was like, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. <laughs> but this is the moment when Lauren's pitiful brain went boo because I was soaked. Yeah, and it was just about to rain and I was freezing cold and we were really having a hard time getting our heart rates up in the boat because you just couldn't paddle hard enough yeah. to make and, yourself warm. And Calm Toys is kind of like warned us of this moment, which is like when you go to get out of the canoe, you just realize like half of your body just like doesn't work. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. It was like and it's kind, it is baby giraffe panic legs. inducing like yeah. because I know for me too when we when we pulled out like it was just like my body was like, "Wait, you want more stuff you want more stuff like but your back don't work no yeah well. my lower back was sore my abs were tired and my legs were jelly and i was frozen so, so when i got back in the boat i gave annie the big eyes like we have to go now we have to go you now did, you did do the like we are in danger <laughs> we are in danger it's because i was like okay lauren i'm so afraid of hypothermia yeah yeah that would just ruin my race yeah so we went by an optional cp like i feel like we could have put our hands out and brushed it and lauren was like no no i was like okay okay thank you okay. for respecting my needs i i i get it but you were about to be cold too mm-hmm. no you weren't i i did what you i did you what the don't team don't patronize me i'm bitch. not patronizing you you said what you needed and i gave it you to weren't you. cold I could have got that checkpoint, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish that face had a noise. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> but no, it is our communication is one of our strengths, and it's very yeah, yeah, important. Yeah. yeah, true. If you're and, like, I need to stop and put my gloves on, I'm like, you got it. Take your time. And if yep. I'm like, I cannot go to that CP, yes. you're like, you got it. We're leaving. Yep. 
Um, so we got to our last transition area, and after this, it was just a sh uh, relatively short bike ride. It says that it was 12 miles. I swear it didn't even feel like 12 it miles. It was. It was. Was it? Mm -hmm. I guess there were parts it was pretty pretty zingy. Um, but we got in, and... Uh, we... I'd like to tell the Port of John story, please. Oh, oh, actually, before the Port of John story. Um, so... Uh, I think it's a good frame of reference for our level of like nonsense and slap happiness. We got towards the end of the pack raft, started to see people up, the, up on the bank, oh, which was God. cool. And then there was just these two little like plops of white white foam in the water, and I was like, oh, I was like, we we have yeah, to go to swallow. The swallow. We have to get swallow. through the gate. We have to get through the gate. Yeah. And it it went from being like a silly thing that I said to probably being the time that we paddled the most effectively for that whole pack raft. <laughs> And there was few things during this whole race More that were satisfying, satisfying than, than going, going through, through the, the foam gate of the slalom. Sea foam. I don't know <laughs> why, so but we were stupid. like, we, we didn't even, we weren't joking. Like, yeah, sure, we were like slalom. We gotta get through the gate. Slalom. I like I, that was absolutely like a, a high point for, you? for me. Okay, good. Just being like, yay! We did it. <laughs> okay, so we pull out our boat. We pull out our boat. We get out of the water and I'm like, yo, I got to get dry immediately. And it's pouring. Yeah, it was it was pretty yucky at this point. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to help with the boat. I started to un I started to fold up the boat and get the air out of it. And Annie was just like, go. Yeah, because we had to get the pack wrapped back in the paddle bags, which that seemed, was which seemed like an astronomical impossible. task. We did it. But so I went and got all my dry clothes. And thank God I still had more bags of dry clothes. I went into the Porta John because it's the only place there was a shelter. And so I, I got, I started getting naked. I took my sports bra off. I took my wet, wet socks off. And all I had left was my bike pants on. Or yeah, I think that's right. No, no, just regular tights. And so I'm sort of like drying off with like one dry sock that I have in a bag. And I'm like, okay, I just have to get totally naked and a little bit dry. And then I'll get this all, all these brand new, brand new layers on. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? I'm going to have to close the toilet seat to the toilet. And this is no good, but I'm going to have to do it. So I sat down on it and I'm drying my feet and I slip my pants off of my butt and then I sit back down on the closed toilet seat with head, which has a tiny bit of a grade downward at the door and I shot my goddamn body at the door of the porch on so fast my bare ass went Get! and then I was squatting nude on the floor of a porch. I with did no, you bang no into the door. I, you were talking. So, Brent, when I slammed my body into the door, I, oh, God. I the whole thing I shook. I, heard, I wish I had heard I you can't believe you didn't. Because then I was literally sockless, shoeless, and nude on the floor of the porta john This thing shot me out of this lid like a cannon. And then I was just like, could this, I don't want this to be more pitiful than it is right now. Did it feel pitiful or funny? It felt pretty pitiful. Did it feel pitiful? It's funny now, but in the moment it was just like, no. Oh, you're like, I'm just going to. I just want to sit. This will answer this. How long did you stay in the squatted position? Almost you... not. I popped right back up. Okay. Well, that's not that pitiful. No, then. it's not. So true I covered the seat. True pitiful would be having a second to be like. Hmm. No, I didn't. Okay. I took my wet clothes and I covered the toilet seat with them so that I could sit down on it with my bare ass without getting shot off of it. Good. I got totally dry, which I'm sure you thought took too long. And I came back out. 
we realized then that we had accidentally chucked Ugh. one of the three final maps. There was a total of 15, 16 maps. And after I was done with one, I was folding them up and stashing them away places because uh, just tracking maps is a lot and especially um the rootstock did double-sided maps which i actually think is great for paper conservation purposes i do think it would have been beneficial and maybe something to consider for future races if it doesn't have, explode anybody's brains not have is not have the sequential maps on the front and back so that you could go from the front of one to the front of another one to the back of the same the first one and to the back of the second one um, but anyways we had come back to a map that we needed and although I should say, this is after we had put the pack raft and changed our clothes and everything. We were ready to roll. It was like, okay, we just I'm just got to route out this last stage because I was doing, uh, I was writing out the course stage by stage because I really didn't want to do all of the stages right when we got the map because I was like, hey, we might get to this last part and it doesn't matter. And I will have just spent time doing things that we don't have time for because we're just not that fast yet. So yeah. really it comes down to, most of the time it comes down to like, what's the bare, what's the bare minimum for finishing? Um, for finishing. Mm -hmm. um, but it was raining and I was like trying to like sort it out. And like, I was like, oh, I'm missing a map. Shoot. Shoot. And I went and kind of creeped on somebody else and was like, hey, I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to like look at your map as you write oh, out your course that's what too. you're doing. Okay. And he was like, yeah, oh, we're just going to like go back out the way we came in and we're going to do that same hill that we just came down, only we have to go up it, which is going to kind of be a bear. And then we'll keep going straight past where you turned off before. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that still couldn't <laughs> make sense in tired brain. Yeah. So I went over to what I'm assuming is still rootstock, I, I think. It's two two women and a, and a man who were looking super pro. So that's got to be Rootstock, I'm assuming. But I was like, hi, do you guys have an extra copy? Of Rootstock came in like at like 35 okay, hours. Okay, so it wasn't and... them. It was another co-ed team who was yeah. super, super pro looking. But they were gracious enough to give us their map, their extra map 13. Also, it occurs to me, you... You thought this was Team Rootstock, and then you identified the wrong person at the Later, I thanked the you wrong guy. You have no idea who know. gave us a map. <laughs> Ghosts. Thanks. Thanks, Ghost, for the <laughs> for map 13. Yeah, I, I, I'm amazing. I was so <laughs> but you tired. got it, which was great. I got it. So we got the map, and we headed out uh, back on. So nice to not have a backpack that weighed 50 fucking pounds. Oh, because we, we were, like, carrying wet shit with us for so much. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, from after stage one, we were carrying all of our wet clothes and stuff from stage one when we were biking on stage two, and then we were, Lauren was carrying a pack raft, and I was carrying the PFDs. So much garbage. And so there's almost nothing left in my bag at the end. Yeah, it was, like, our mandatory gear. Yeah. And half a liter of water and some food. I really enjoyed eating all of my re remaining food servings in the last 12 miles of this race. Yes, very I think nice. I ate, like, four servings of Doritos, three things of M&Ms, and two things of gummy bears in the last 12 miles. I think I had uh, uh, eight fruit snacks over the <laughs> whole race. I also <laughs> turned around on this bear of a one-mile 15% grade up climb to say, Annie, do you want any <laughs> strawberry banana goo? <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you told me I could go straight to hell. I think I said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I think I said you can go right the fuck off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That made me laugh really hard. Yeah. So we matched back up briefly with Fragile Flowers, who was also ascending the climb on foot yeah. with us. And uh, learned of their race strategy, which was the right Kinda move because they crushed us. So on the earlier stage where you could do between 4 and 16 miles, depending on how many optional checkpoints you you did, they focused on getting all the checkpoints on that trekking stage, which was the right move because, frankly, there was more checkpoints in the trekking stage than there was on the optional pack rafting stage. Yes. So they had prepared to pack raft and everything. And then when looking at the control, the checkpoint layout, it made more sense to focus on the optional trekking points than the pack raft points, which was genius. And it it's was. that kind of stuff where, it again, was. my brain says like, oh, like I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to, which is do all the stages or like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to stay on this line that goes to the next point, even though it's like, hey, cut cut the switch back or like hey kick out to the road nope. you ding dong must go straight just i'm just not there i don't have that next layer of reasoning um built out yet but um so it was cool to see fragile flowers again mm -hmm. and for olga to poke fun at me and for me to say thanks yeah. for the save in the middle of the night because yeah. she definitely did because otherwise i don't think i would have thought to double check it because you know brains yeah. she was like oh here comes the stubborn one <laughs> and i was like oh i think we know somebody else who's a Female adventure racer. I learned it from watching stubborn. you, Olga. Um, so it was raining really hard at this point. Yep, and but we were with other people again, and you could definitely, like, you could definitely feel it was a home stretch, and not in the way that, like, sometimes you're like, oh, it's in the home stretch, and then you're like, oh, but I actually have two more hours. Yeah, because so. the last time we did a 12 mile bike finish, it took us four to five hours. Yeah, it was really long. And this took us like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, it was great. Um, so we're like climbing up a hill with other teams, and then we. Get got to kind of finish solo but like the rain did pick up we did we did a couple of dirt road descents with just like oh rain God. just like blasting yeah, our eyeballs no glasses on essentially we, was descending with my eyes closed i was too and just covered in like in, indelible oil from the road yeah was it from the road or our bikes it must road. have been the road yeah the road but we looked we had dirt dirt freckles and we were sleepy peepees, and we weren't sure when the next. Oh, Annie had a moment where she wasn't sure if the final turn was the right turn. Yeah, just just one of those things because you're like, uh, one of my greatest fears as a navigator is just to be like to do a ding dong move at the end. And I was like, okay, like we should be like turning and getting to ski sawmill the finish like at any point. Get ready, Lauren. It's gonna rock your mind. Get nope. ready, and then I was nope. like, "Wait a second, fuck balls. Are we on the wrong fuck road? <laughs> like, uh oh, I just killed my own finisher boner." I know from the last adventure race not to get excited because you might have 13 miles left when yeah. you first get excited. So I was just like, "No matter what you say, I'm going to tell myself I have two hours left." And then I was like, "Oh, okay. Here's here's the here's the finish." So we kind of didn't get as excited because usually I have like bum ba 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 ba. Yeah. And like the tears well up, and I'm like, we're the strongest women in the I world. I know, and I was like super stoked that I would finally get to be able to be like, Lauren, guess what? Look, and we were just like, oh, finish. we're like, oh, there's the farmhouse. We're like, I guess we're done. <laughs> We came, into okay. the, we came into the finish. People were hanging out waiting for the pizza and we cheered when we came in and that felt good. And for some reason, like, we mm. just killed our own finisher boners. This is I so think weird. not having a physical finishing line and also not knowing that the finish was upon us kind of made it feel like, yeah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds 
it's like such an anticlimactic. I know, like, I know. But like, and to be clear, there was nothing that was a bummer. It's no. just we had no. somehow just like short circuited our brains mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I also we should consider that it was. Uh, we're, we're making this oh well this is like a real portrayal of what happened so we ended up finishing in a time of like 34 hours and 15 minutes you know what else what this was also the first time and it was done on purpose by me this is the first time we weren't redlining oh to my the god finish. thank god i didn't even consider that though but maybe that was part of why we were like oh hey oh, that's we didn't totally have to, it that is that's it. totally it because usually it's like a fight to the death and you made it. And so the joy is like, we squeaked it. We made it. But yeah. we were like, well, we did it. We really fucking did it. Like we were ready to finish yeah. and we did the finish at the right time. That's it went, why. It went according to the plan. That's, That's why. exactly why. Because at Shenandoah, we had six minutes until the cutoff. Which is terrifying. Um, before that, I mean, really the last thing we did was Nitro Gain. Nitro Gain we ran, or not Nitro Gain. 12 Mean hour. Rouge Gain. Oh. Um, oh, and we God. ran oh, the God. hardest that we had we ever like run to eight finish minute that miles game. on trail. Like we were sprinting our brain. Like that's like the fastest I've ever run. We in do my this mind's every eye. time. Also, no sleep. Yes. Also, no sleep. Like you're uh, kind of famous. For nationals. This. We we weren't like butt up against, but we, we were, were pretty close. close. And we bombed that descent like yeah. lunatics. So that's so that's, that's why. why we had a that's planned, why. controlled finish, and. I think because we didn't have to peel our own skin off yeah, to finish Yeah, it wasn't as juicy. So we're like, just kind of like, we did it. We're strong. We knew we could and we did. And that also contributed to like general feelings about the race. So like Shenandoah had, again, I just finished and was like, wow, like I, I've gone through a time with my emotions on this, on this race. And after two rivers, after this race, I just felt so competent. Me too. And strong. Me too. And, and just excited to get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. And excited to get better at it. I just, I felt like we did this thing. Yeah, me too. two powerful women adapting to complex, mm-hmm. difficult, and difficult environment. Like it was a cold, wet, technical mm-hmm. course involving disciplines we'd never done before with the pack raft. And having, this was, this was Lauren's longest ever race. Yeah, ever. Like time distance ever. wise. Like, ever. We ended up with over 100 miles between biking and trekking. There was a lot of trekking. There was more miles on foot than I've been doing in my training for a long time. Um, I uh, have been working hard to get better at climbing on the bike, and you could see that show mm, up in the success definitely. of the race. Definitely. Like, you overcame having food poisoning all week and are still, like, rocking, like, a really super high fitness level. Like, you descended some crazy rocky stuff, like, that is a thing that uh, freaks you out a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you did Mm -hmm. it like a boss. Well, again, we didn't emphasize this on the descent. We had eight-foot clearance with our oars with like... Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we also descended that scary... Yeah. Death shoot so with there were times, tack raft on. Yeah, so there was times that we just had to like log roll under stuff. You or can just do like really blast hard through tree like yeah. so we just had all these things where it was like, I don't know if we can we can do this, but I feel capable of figuring out how to do it. Yeah. So we finished. I ate half of a pizza in one breath and chugged some and a beer, hallucinated in the van for a while waiting for the uh award ceremony. We were really stoked. 
to um, be in a race where there were more female teams than there were podium spots. Yeah. And also... And it was t- it was a tight race. So, it was. So Fragile Flowers blew it out because, again, their race strategy was the way to go. Uh, team Semi-Navi Savvy got second. And yours truly, toot toot, got third. Woohoo! And uh, we beat out uh, Flying Squirrels, so our team of Stephanie Ross and Karen Clark, which I, you know, I feel stoked about because that's that was all they are our mentors were legit. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. Um, a couple shout outs to some folks uh, at the finish there. Um, team This Ability, their first win Woo-hoo! as a, um, a co ed team. Go Chip and Andrea. Um, really amazing work. And oh, also, uh, congrats on not getting off your bike and that insane climb. We're very proud of you. That was awesome. Um, also, huge shout out to Team We Don't Quit. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can't believe we've gone this whole episode I can't without mentioning it. them. But we talked to them a bit at check in. I finally get to meet my dear friend Kofi in person. So Kofi, so nice to like physically, See you as a human physically being. touch you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, his beautiful wife Sophia doing the event. Five months pregnant. When I think about how hard this was for me and what a limiting experience it was for me, and then I think about having a baby with me, I just can't imagine. So, like, just in awe. And they picked up two additional people that they, like, raced with them the whole time. Also, you know, we mentioned this after Team Shenandoah, but they are racing uh, racing in conjunction with Team Tiki to raise awareness to black maternity health. Um, so uh, just I encourage you to look up Team Tiki or We Don't Quit on Instagram, and there's a link to donate to that cause as well, which I, I highly encourage you to do. Um, and it was just... It was really cool to see We Don't Quit out there in addition to just meeting y'all in person finally. Very cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Um, to Rootstock Racing, so Abby and Brent, mm-hmm. there was just a lot of, like, really admirable things about how oh y'all put on this race. So this race was originally meant to be held in 2020 as, like, a five-year celebration of Rootstock Racing's existence. And you could tell, like, I felt like I was I was going to uh, Brent's favorite spots mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it felt like somebody being like hey if you if you're in this area and you want to see the really cool stuff here's like, what's here's, beloved to this me is, here's where you should go right like, it's going to be hard to get to but it'll be pretty cool it was beautiful technical it was novel interesting and we really and, and enjoyed difficult. it and difficult but also really well staffed the logistics were glorious so well organized like and i could tell how well organized it was because i never thought once about the race organization yeah really (laughs) really made it feel effortless so thank you so much also like i don't know how brent was like at every ta and how he's four people i I don't i am we like (laughs) i am we i am us and abby like y'all were everywhere with don't know how that happened. It was incredible. It was just incredible from beginning to end. Yeah. Like even though there was times where we were lonely and separated from other racers, I never felt separated from the RDs, which no, was just wild. I always felt close to you. Yes. Well, so thank you again for a beautiful and exciting and insanely uh, tough race. Look forward to another rootstock race. And until next time, we are Burf Barf. <laughs>